Father, thank you for our kids. Um, What gifts they are. Thank you for the opportunity to see them um, speak and act um, the story of the good news of the gospel coming to us. Um, Your son, Jesus, coming to save us from our sins. And Father, um, as we talk about peace this morning, would you remind us That that is exactly what you offer us, is peace. Peace with you, peace with ourselves. Um, Please speak to our hearts this morning. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Hey, before we look at this text, uh, this passage, two quick things. One is after, we would love for you to stick around um, after, and and there's going to be donuts and coffee, and there's even a photo booth. You can take a picture with your family. Uh, And then the other thing is, if you are a first or second timer, um, you got one of these connection cards, please feel free to fill out as much information as you feel comfortable with. This is just our way of getting to know you a little bit better. And there is a box out by the welcome booth, and you can just drop this in. Um, The angels make this statement, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, peace. Let Let me ask you this. Do you have peace? Now, kids, I do, I do realize that we are, we are in an audience where we have lots of kids. Raise your hand if you're, you're a kid here. Yeah? Raise your hand if you're a kid at heart. Okay, way too many hands. Okay, we got kids. Okay, I do, okay. Kids, I, I just want to say I really hope that you listen. I really, really hope that you listen to this story. I know that this might not be as active or maybe as fun as what you get to do in children's ministry um, with Mrs. Christina and all of the other teachers. Um, But kids, I really do. I'm going to try and look at you guys. I hope you listen. Because this story is an incredible story about how much Jesus loves you. And that Jesus came to save you. And so kids, I really hope that you listen. Adults, you might need it too, by chance. Um... But the angels say, peace. So let me ask you, do, are you at peace? Did you come in here and you feel like you, you are just at peace? You feel just, you are filled with peace. And anybody? How many of you, maybe not so much? Now, let me help right here. Let's define peace correctly. Um, the way the Bible talks about peace, it doesn't mean peace and quiet. Doesn't doesn't mean that. Nor does it mean peace as a definition for the absence of war, like a peace treaty. But get this, this is really, really important. It does not even mean peace as a definition of the absence of hardship, difficulty, trials, tribulations. The peace that's being spoken about here is a peace. That surpasses your trials and tribulations. It's a kind of peace that you can have in your heart. Even though you might be going through the darkest season of your life. It's a peace that you can have in your heart. In your soul. Even if you're sick. Even if life is not going the way you want it to go. It's it's a peace that surpasses 
your circumstances. It's the kind of peace that you can possess even though life gets really, really difficult. Anybody, raise your hand if this year you had a just a tough there was a tough season of life you went through this year. Anybody? Anybody? Some of you, you didn't. That, that's great. 2019 might be your year for that. You laugh at that, but, but here's the reality. Don't each and every one of us, even as kids, we all go, th- go through seasons in our life that are valleys. And there's a peace that you can still have. That's the peace that's being spoken about here. A peace that surpasses your cancer. A peace that surpasses your hardships. The peace that surpasses your circumstances. And so I I just want us to look at this peace. There's really two things I want us to look at. One, what is the essence of this peace that Jesus is bringing? What is the essence of the peace? And then the other part is, how do you get it? So the first is this. What, what is the essence of this peace? And I think there's, there's, there's more than two parts, but I'm just going to say the two parts. The first one is this. It's a peace with God, but it's also a peace with your circumstances. It's a peace with God. Look at this verse at the beginning. Luke 2, 11, the angels say this. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a what? A, let's say it together. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. What this means is that you need a Savior. That you are not in and of yourselves at peace with God. And so you need a Savior to be at peace with God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you actually need a Savior? Because you're not in and of yourselves at peace with God. I was having coffee with uh, a good friend of mine this week and he was telling me about how his wife um, has this passion, has this desire to start a Bible study for, for people who are not Christians. To start a Bible study for those people who don't know Jesus. And he was telling me about how his wife has been talking to a friend of hers and inviting her. She's not a Christian. She's not a believer. Inviting her, encouraging her. Say, hey, I want to start this Bible study. Would you come? And this gal who's not a Christian, her answer was, no, no. I, I thank you for the offer. But no, I'm really not interested. Well... Uh, about a week and a half ago, I think is the way the story goes, this gal who's continually said, no, no, thank you, she got diagnosed with cancer. And so she's now come to my friend's wife, who's invited her a number of times. She, she's come to her and said, yeah, I'd, I'd actually like to uh, be a part of this Bible study. So, 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 so can I? I'd, I'd like to do that. And when my friend told me this story, a couple things struck me, but the first one is this. She realized she's not at peace with God. Like, she got that. Now, it it took a cancer prognosis, but it hit her, I'm not at peace with God, and I really should be. And I, and I think it's, it's something that we ought to think about before we do get that cancer prognosis or that deep valley comes. We, we should wrestle with that. Are we 
Are we at peace with God? And I pray for this woman. I've been thinking about this woman and just praying for her that she would realize that God desires to be at peace with her. God desires to make peace with her. Um, now, the Bible says in Romans 5, listen to this. Romans 5 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. Through, so it, it's through somebody, through Jesus Christ. So, so do, you, do you hear what's, what, what this is saying? This is saying there is a way for you to be at peace with God. It's been offered to you. What we need is a Savior, and our Savior is Jesus. That Jesus has made a way for you and I to be at peace with God. Now the word that is used there is, is kind of, it's a Bible word. That you might not completely understand. And the Bible word is this. You have been justified. You have been justified. Through Jesus Christ. Before God. That word justified. It's, it's actually a courtroom word. It's a courtroom. So, so imagine you're in a courtroom. And there's a judge on the stand. And the judge is God. And God is, is good. He's holy. He's righteous. Like God actually knows what's best for all of us. And he knows what's right. and He knows what's wrong. And he only does what's right. And so there's God who's on the judge. He's, he's the judge. And there you are. You're sitting in that seat. And you are guilty. How many of you have ever done something wrong in your life? Kids, have you ever done something wrong? Have you ever done something wrong in your life? Just, just rate, like, let's, this, 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 is a, this is a safe place. Yeah, every single one of you. And if you didn't raise your hand, you just did something wrong. So, thank you. So, we've all done something wrong, right? So, literally, the Bible says, then you are not at peace with God. So, here's the scene. God is the judge. You are standing before, and you are guilty. You deserve punishment. You deserve punishment. You deserve the punishment of God. And so you're in this courtroom scene. You realize what you deserve is punishment. What you deserve is wrath. But stop. God says, hold hold on. He calls up his son, Jesus. And Jesus stands before God. And he looks at you. Even you kids, he looks at you and he says, what if I told you there was a way for all of the things you've done wrong to be taken away from you and put on Jesus? What if I could tell you that everything you've ever done wrong and everything that you do wrong in the future, what if I could tell you that there was a way to be wiped clean of all of that and you would not be guilty anymore? Now, we would all probably jump and say yes, but some of you are, you, you, you are logical people and you ask lots of questions. And you might rightly ask this question, God, how are you going to do that? You're just going to take all the things I've done wrong and just sweep them under the rug like, they've never, like they never happened? That doesn't sound very good, God. You're just going to act like they never happened. 
How are you going to do this, God? And, and, and God would say this. Oh, I'm not going to take your sin and act like it never happened. I'm going to take all of your sin and your punishment. And I'm going to put it on my son, Jesus. And he's going to die on the cross. And when he is dying on the cross, that's the moment where all of your sins have been completely paid for. And you, in that moment, when you trust in Jesus, you have been justified. You have been made just. You have been made right with God. You now have peace with God. But notice, it's only through Jesus. Now, this is important. You do not become a Christian because you come to church. So some of you, maybe you came this morning, you're like, sweet, I'm pretty sure I'm going to heaven because I came. That's... That's, but, but people, there, there is a belief of that. Or you think, if I just do enough good things, yes, okay, I'm saved. No, no, no. It's only through Jesus. Guys, this is why it's so incredible. This is why this is not sentimental. This is why the birth of Jesus is not like, oh, this is so cute. This is amazing because Jesus has come to save you because he loves you so, so much. But you are only saved if you trust in Jesus. And if you don't trust in Jesus and go to church for the rest of your life, sorry, it's only through Jesus. Kids, it's only through Jesus that you are saved and you are at Peace with God. And that's the peace that's being spoken about. But there's so much more to it, and, and, and we're just scratching the surface. The other thing I'll just say is that it's a peace with our circumstances that is also being offered to us. Think back to that story I told you about this woman who got cancer. You know what she realized? She could not be at peace with her circumstances until she was at peace with God. That blew me away. You will never be at peace with the hardships and valleys and difficulties of your life until you are at peace with God. But listen to this. Once you are at peace with God, God gives us a laundry list of beautiful promises that will allow us to be at peace with our circumstances. Because listen to this, guys. When you trust in Jesus as your Savior... Your sins are all forgiven. But listen, there's more. God says, you are now my son. You are now my daughter. And and you will never be able to leave the family. And it's not a dysfunctional family like yours might be. It's a really, really good one. And it's a God who loves you as a son. It's a God who is a father that loves you deeply, who cares for you, and who's made tremendous promises to you. Here's, here's one in Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, so we've got to love God, that's important. For those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. What this is saying here is that if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have this promise. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you can be at peace with God, but also at peace with your circumstances because this is saying, you know that really hard situation in your life that you don't get why God has brought along? You know that situation? You know that that cancer? Know that, know that lost family member? Know that hardship? God says, if you love me and follow me, I will actually use that for good. 
I will use that broken situation for good. That's the offer. That's why we can be at peace when we're in the deep valleys because we can say, you know what? God's going to use this for good. Having a hard time seeing it right now, but God will use it for, for good. And, and by the way, if you think I'm crazy because there's some of you here who might say, Zach, you're crazy. That, that's, just, that's just a blind step of faith. You're just saying, well, God will use all things for good. You don't, you don't know that. I would say, yes, I do. And here's why I do. You know, you know what happens just a few sentences later after this is written? This is written. This is the greatest promise in all of Scripture. That's my opinion. Humble but accurate. Listen to this. If God is for us, who can be against us? Do you know what that means? If God is for you, it doesn't matter what comes against you. God's bigger than your problem. God's bigger than your cancer. God's bigger than that situation you cannot understand. He's actually bigger than it. And listen to this. For he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? For those of you who say, Zach, that is just a blind step of faith to believe that God will use all things for good. It's a blind step of faith to believe some of the promises that God makes, like we are his children and that he loves us and he'll use all things for our good and, 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 and for his glory. That's just a blind step of faith. And here's where I would say, no, I don't believe it is. And the reason why I can say that is because if God was willing to put his son Jesus Christ on the cross I mean that is the greatest most over the top act of love we could ever imagine what this is saying is if God is willing to take his son and have him murdered on a cross to save you isn't he willing and able to use the hardships of your life for good? If he loves you that much, isn't he willing to give you all things? Because every other thing is going to fall short to that tremendous act of love. And that's what Jesus has done. And so the peace that Jesus brings, it's a peace with God. But it's also a peace that we can have with all of our circumstances. Because we know God's for us and not against us. That's where you say, Amen. But I wonder if you believe that. How do we have this peace? And this is, this is where we end. How do we have this peace? The angel makes this statement. Glory to. Now this is really important. Glory to who? God. God. Not glory to you. Glory to God. And on earth, peace. You see, the order of that is really, really important. It's not glory to you and, and, and peace to God. It's the other way around. God gets the glory, you get the peace. So, so you want to take a hold of this peace? You've got to give God a place of glory. You have to humble yourself and give God the glory. Now, I realize that for some of you, maybe that, 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 wow, that just sounds really spiritual, Zach. Still don't know what you mean. Those are cool words, though. 
The Bible puts it this way. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you confess that glory be to him. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. Saved. So I think that there's probably two groups of people in here. There are those of you who are like, Zach, I know this message. I've trusted in Jesus. Yeah, so preach, preach to them. Talk to them. So, so there, there are those of you who, who that's you. you. You've trusted in Jesus as your Savior. But let me ask you this. Did you come in here with peace? Do you actually have peace? So there's those people. And then there are those of you. I am so grateful to God that you are here. You have come And you've never trusted in Jesus as your Savior. You are not at peace with God at all. And I hope that you see that this is an invitation. I hope that you see that this is a gift that He, God, desires you to receive. Namely... To confess your sins. To give Him glory and to confess your sins... And trust Him as your Savior. And if that's you, I would, I would deeply, deeply encourage you. Even kids. Kids, if this is you. Because I remember when I was a kid, when I made this decision, I was about six years old. And it was the beginning of my life transforming. So kids, this might be for you. Kids, have you ever trusted in Jesus as your Savior? Adults, have you, have you made that decision? If you haven't, do that today. Kids, if you haven't, go talk with your parents tonight about what it means to trust in Jesus as your Savior. Don't, don't, don't wait another day. Don't wait for the cancer prognosis. Don't wait for that deep valley. Trust in Him today. But there's, there's the other group of you. You've trusted. You've, you've made this decision. Zach, cross that one off. I'm saved. I got this. But are you actually at peace? Do you actually have peace in your life? And if you don't, here's what I would say to you. Give Him glory. Give Him glory. What what do I mean by that? See, my son was up here. He was Gabriel. He was the one saying his lines. And when we were practicing the lines, um, he would, it was a very just kind of just, he, you could tell he was concentrating on memorizing his line. It's just kind of a very monotone voice, greetings to you who are highly favored, Lord, Lord. Just kind of, yeah. And I said to him, I said, Zephaniah, do you think the angels were sad or happy? Happy. I said, well, I want you, when you say your lines, be happy. Aren't, aren't you declaring some incredible news? Be happy. And, and so I, you know, I thought he did a good job up there. You know, giving, being happy. What I want you to see, guys, is in this story, it says that there, there was a host of angels. In the Greek, that means an army of angels. I realized when they had like four up there, we were not represented well of what really was going on. There were thousands. It was an army of angels. And it wasn't a whisper. It wasn't sad. It was a joyful proclamation. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. 
And they were filled with joy. They were filled with excitement. These angels, they had been waiting for this moment. And, and what did the shepherds do? Were they like, oh, that was pretty cool. Did they not take a hold of the news and say, we go tell everybody. And they went and they told everyone. And if you kept reading, we didn't read this part. It says that the shepherds, what did they do? They glorified God. And so there are some of you in here. You know this story. You've trusted in Jesus. You're not at peace. And here's what you need to do. Take hold of Jesus' love for you. Take hold that God is at peace with you. Take hold of the gospel and don't go, oh, that's neat. Take hold of the gospel and rejoice that Jesus came. Take hold of the gospel and go, thank you, Jesus. You died for me. Isn't that amazing? He died for you. He saved you, that he is for you and not against you. Take hold of that today. So let me just ask you this. Do you need to take hold of it today? Do you need to take hold of it today? Let's just take an opportunity. Let's bow our heads and our worship team is going to come and we're going to sing two more songs to close out our time. And as, as they come, would you just take a moment to reflect For those of you who've never trusted in Jesus as your Savior, or how about this? For those of you here who are not sure if you are saved, that's a good question to ask. It's not not a bad thing to question your salvation. It's good. (laughs) Because anytime you question it, God will give you an answer. And the answer is, yes, it's still there. Just trust. So any of you who are, you are wondering, am I really saved? Would you do what Romans 10, 9 says up there, would you do that right now in your heart? If you're wondering, am I saved? Would you bow your head and would you make peace with God through Christ and confess your sins and proclaim your faith in Him? For those of you here, you've trusted in Christ as your Savior, but you are in a season where you are fighting for peace. You're fighting for it. It's interesting. The moment you need peace most is the hardest time to grab a hold of it. Isn't that true? And the moment you need it most, the greater impact it has on your life. And so, for those of you who are fighting for peace, would you, would you take hold of the good news of the gospel? You never outgrow your need for the gospel. Would you take hold of the good news that Jesus loves you? That he died for you. That God is for you and not against you. That God will use this valley of your life for good. You just met. Would you grab a hold of that? Father, as we end our time with songs about you, would you help us to be like Mary and to ponder and treasure the good news of the gospel? Yes, you love us so much. For those in here who are fighting for their peace, would you you just give them the picture of you taking your arms and wrapping them around them? 
And would you whisper in their ear, I love you. You are a child of God. Would you, would you, would you whisper that into the ears of those who are fighting for peace? And Father, allow the rest of this time, allow our voices to raise and glorify you. Amen.